Welcome into another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah, along with Jordan Sherwood. He's at Woodon1063. The UFC is back after the Memorial Day weekend. We've got a UFC fight night between the big boys, some heavyweights in the main event, literally a biggie boy, uh, as Jarzino Rosenstruck is going to go against Alexander Volkov. We've got a co-main event in the featherweight division and then a rematch that we will preview as well and then of course jordan will have some picks jordan how's it going that's good we have to figure out how and if we're going to be able to watch both of these fights respectively for both of our kind of lives because you're going to be across the country or across across the pond if you will well yes uh and i don't even know the time difference between here in norway which is where six you'll hours. be. Six, six hours. Six hours. Okay, six so six-hour difference. So that's 6 p.m. for a start for you because it's a 12 p.m. start for these fight cards uh, yes. in the afternoon. So that's got to be right in the middle of the wedding, I would assume. So oh, yeah. you basically will not be watching any of this unless nope. you're going to get in trouble with your wife, which I'm nope. assuming you don't want to do. Okay, so there's that. Then there's my dilemma, which is not a dilemma. I love my daughter. She just turned seven, and she has a birthday party, her birthday party, oh. uh, from 2 to 4 p.m. in the middle of the day on Saturday afternoon. Very good concept, which I think you and, and, and your co-host regularly on ESPN Chicago, Chris Black, would be into music video. She's going to produce her own music video during the birthday. But it's 2 to 4, so it's like right in the heart of you know the prelims and into the main event. So yes. I'm also going to be missing out a bunch of the action because uh, I want to stay you know, married and, and have my wife, Jess, uh, be, be, be happy with me. So we're in a little bit of a predicament, but nonetheless, we've got fights to talk about. So I'm doing that's fine. The be- that's the beauty of ESPN Plus is you can just go back and rewatch it whenever it's done. And that, yeah, that's a good point. Remember, UFC is in Singapore this weekend, so the fights start a little bit earlier. No, 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 next um, weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend? Oh, next so weekend. This prelim- is just weird. They're fighting in Vegas, but so it's the- an earlier fight time. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I looked at the times, and I was like, oh, it's it's uh, Singapore time because the prelims start pretty early. Like you would you assume. Said. And, and you so look, I was that's like, your, Singapore. Yeah, that's your beautiful mind working, but it's not. Yeah. They're in Vegas, for, huh. uh, and, and they just got an earlier start. Well, that's weird. that's like a 10 a.m. Vegas start. I know it's gonna oh, be a, it's gonna be a morning buffet for the the two big guys. Well, I don't know if you've got uh, you know stats on how fighters do in the morning. It's like a you know like a, if a pitcher pitches in a like day Lucas game, are they worse? yeah, like are they worse in a day game than they are in a night game? Or you know like do you get the sleepy legs of an NBA game uh, that tips off at noon? When should you know when the guys are used to playing at seven o'clock at night? But nevertheless. Let's get started here. Uh, we'll start with the rematch. Uh, the first fight of the main card, Felice Herrig against Karolina Kovalkiewicz, uh, is minus 20, 125 for Herrig. Uh, Karolina is a plus 105 underdog. So not a huge underdog, but this is a rematch. Uh, these are two fighters that have not fought in a in a while. Herrick hasn't fought since 2020. Uh, Carolina has lost, hasn't won in five straight fights. She's lost five straight fights. Her last win was, was over against... Herrick. Herrig, yeah, so exactly. Both of these women are big strikers. They like to, you know, try to end this early with their fists. So how do you see this one as you kind of have pretty much an even matchup, or at least the most even one that we're going to talk about on this card? Yeah, I will, look, it's probably not a fight that, that a lot of fans are paying attention to just because of both fighters and where they are in their respective careers. I mean, Felice Herrig, as you alluded to, uh, has only fought, she hasn't fought consistently because she tore her ACL, and she's 37 years old now. She fought once in the last three years. She's lost two fights in a row. Uh, she tried to come back 
after that ACL uh, surgery and was quickly submitted uh, by Verna Jitaraba. And Kovacavich, you know, hasn't won a fight in, in, in uh, quite a long time, since 2009, the last time that she beat, uh, you know, Felice Herrick. Five fights in a row. And she's actually hinted at retirement several times during these last few years, as has Felice Herrick. So for me, I like handicapping this fight and actually handicapping it for a fighter that has not won a fight in in a long time in Kavalkiewicz because I think that she's still just going to be better everywhere. It all depends if she has the right mindset heading into this fight because I think she's she's highly uh, efficient on her feet compared to Felice Herrig, could hold her own on the ground. We saw Felice Herrig struggling in that. And I just think that there is value in this fight on Kavalkiewicz. And it might be dumb to think that because she hasn't won a fight in as long as she has. But there isn't enough confidence in me to say, well, Felice Herrig is going to right the ship and be able to figure things out after a few years away and some inconsistencies in her life. So I'm going to throw some slight money on the dog in Carolina Kavalkiewicz, thinking that, like, look, She's been hinting at retirement. She's thought about retirement, but she's not retiring. She's ready to go. Felice Herrick does not really provide the opposition that Kavalkiewicz has has been going up against during these losses. I mean, these aren't tomato cans. She lost to, you know, Grasso. She lost to Watterson. She lost to Andrade. So these are title contenders, top-of-the-food-chain fighters. Felice Herrick has not experienced that. So that's why, for me, Abdallah, I'm going with Kovacavich. Small play on the underdog, even though it's a risky proposition because of her inconsistency inside the cage. And this is one fight that the judges believe, or at least Vegas believes, is going to go the distance here. Because if you look at the method of victory, you've got Herrick by points is plus 140. Kovacavich by points is plus 160. And then everything else, you're, I mean, it's huge huge, huge money here. You're looking at Herrig by submission at plus 550. Kovacavich by knockout is 10 to 1. Herrig by knockout is 18 to 1. So Vegas believes that this fight is going to go the distance and it's going to come down to one of these two fighters just scoring more and landing more shots than the other. Uh, Like we mentioned, you know, both of these uh, women like to stand up and fight. So you're not looking at a lot of takedowns. You're not looking at a lot of submission attempts. So if you're looking at method of victory, Kovacavich obviously is an underdog to begin with, but if you want to Sprinkle a little bit more. Maybe Kovacavich by points at plus 160 is something to look at as well. But, hey, I like the dog play uh, when you're getting plus money on any fighter. You might as well sprinkle a little bit on it, especially someone that's actually, you know, even though she's lost five fights in a row, like you mentioned, at least she's in the cage and fighting and fighting good fighters, whereas Herrig hasn't done anything in over two years because of the injury. So I like the money line play. And then maybe a little sprinkle on Kovacavich by points. But you think this one definitely goes over? I think it does. I mean, it's going to fall into that category of a typical women's fight in mixed martial arts. Not a lot of them are cashing in on the unders. Plus the fact, too, there isn't some sort of, like, advantage that one fighter is going to have over the other. Like, a couple of years ago when I was just referencing that Felice Herrick lost to Verna Gidaraba, you know, Gidaraba is a whiz on the ground. She's one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in women's mixed martial arts. And I said, not only is Gidaraba going to get the finish, she's going to get the under, and she's going to cap the submission because Felice Herrick's not going to be able to be as mobile as agile as she once was with that torn ACL. And what happens? First-round submission win for John Gidaraba. So I- I- I'm looking a little bit at uh, of... The underdog as well, because of the consistency in the underdogs cashing over the last couple of weeks. I think it was two weeks ago during the Rachik Blahovich fight that we had. I'm counting them up right now. Five underdogs did hit last week, or what was two weeks ago, home Vieira. Four of them hit. So there aren't a lot of underdogs that I like 
on this, you know, between the main and the prelims, but Kovacavich is certainly one of them, so I'm going with the consistency that we're going to continue to see underdogs cash during these UFC fights. Later on in the evening, the co-main event, Dan Ige against Movsar Ivloev. Uh, he is a minus 400 favorite for a good reason, 15-0, 5-0 in the UFC, but hasn't fought in a year. Dan Ige plus 310 here on the money line. Uh, Ivloev is a takedown machine. Like, wouldn't be surprised if this dude goes for a takedown right as the uh, the whistle blows to start the fight here. Uh, but Ige is a guy who doesn't get finished a lot, and he's got good takedown defense. So you've got strength on strength here. How do you see this matchup in the featherweight division for our co-main event? This is an opportunity for Ivloev to show case if if he legitimately is a top 10 uh you know top five even featherweight uh you know dan Ige is a guy that's been in you know in the rankings for quite some time he's been in a couple of uh, ufc main events but has fallen under some tough times two and three in his last five fights uh because of the fact that he's gone up against some upper level competition and even though it was a split decision victory uh the last time he got his hand raised it was a victory over edson barboza and typically when you beat a guy like edson barboza and and i'll point him on the feet uh you know you deserve the recognition and the opportunity to fight those top tier fighters but what happened Ige lost Here's Ivalev's chance to showcase. I mean, there's a reason why he's 15-0. There's a reason why, you know, he's he's unbeaten in the UFC, obviously. But also, he's got five wins via decision. So they've been boring fights. You know, they've been where he's outpointed guys or he's taken them down and he's outgrappled them. I, I think he's going to have the advantage everywhere. Clearly, as you just you mentioned right off the bat, Ivalev's going to have a tremendous amount of advantage if he's able to get Danny to the ground and control him there. It's a risky proposition if he stays on the feet. But I still believe that Ivalev is, is certainly worth uh, the the as as the odds indicate the value that the odds indicate I think he should be a four to one favorite I think it is a fight that he's supposed to win and should win pretty convincingly so unfortunately you got to get a little bit creative here I know what you're going to provide to me uh, but stuff him in a parlay or you might look to see uh, you know a three round unanimous decision victory for Evloev because I just don't think that Danny is the type of guy that's going to get finished and I don't believe Evloev is going to present the skill set uh, to get a finish and I'm looking at it right now I had to be reminded five losses for Dan Ige. All five of them have come via decision so he has yet to be finished in his mm-hmm. mixed martial arts career. Yeah, and you know I don't like like laying the minus 400 there, so we're going to look at method of victory. Evil of by points, minus 150 for a guy against the guy who doesn't get finished in Ige. So if you want to, you know, lay a little bit less juice on that, minus 150, Evil of by points. You know, like he could get the takedown and, and Ige just kind of, you know, is is defending and defending on the ground, doesn't get finished. And this is just ends up being kind of a boring fight where guys are just battling for hand control and trying to get some form of submission. But eventually this is just going to be, you know, five rounds of, uh, OK, well, I guess. All right. Uh I guess he wins because of points, or three rounds of uh, I guess he wins by points. But is there any, uh, you know, uh, question of cardio for Evil ever either of these guys? If it does, you know, if they're down on the ground just fighting for hand control, the I entire mean, it's time? certainly it's certainly not for for Dan Ige. I mean, he went five rounds with Calvin Cater, yeah. lost that main event. He went three rounds with the Korean Zombie, three rounds with Josh Emmett. Those two guys are killers, you know, in this featherweight division. Evloev, I think, at times has shown the uh, propensity to slow down in his fights. He's only been in three-round fights. This is obviously a three-round fight because it's only the co-main event. So mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit of a, of a look at a live in play for, for Ige if he's down two rounds to none. 
And Evil Oev seems to be cruising, but might be a little bit tiring because, you know, Ige certainly has some very impressive power. But I don't think that's going to be a factor. Evil Oev has shown his, his ability to um, avoid, you know, precarious positions against some dangerous fighters in the past. So, like I said, Evil Oev via points, likely the prop bet for me in this fight. Uh, as well as the over, but I, I think there's too much juice on that on the over. So you got to stuff Evil Oev in a parlay, likely with some other favorites on the card to get some more value on him to win the fight. All right, so Evil Oev and Evil Oev by points at minus 150 there. On to the main event, the big boys, literally a biggie boy as Jarzinho, biggie boy Rosenstruck is a plus 135 dog against Alexander Volkov at minus 160. Both top 10 talents here, both coming off the losses. We just saw Volkov lose to, lose to Tom Aspinall in London earlier this year. It was a first-round finish. So how do you see this one? Two big guys. Volkov's got a five-inch height advantage over Biggie Boy, so he's a slightly smaller boy than Alexander Volkov uh, coming into this fight. Both guys have extreme knockout power. Both have been finished and have been knocked out and can do the knocking out. So how do you see this one as our main event for UFC Fight Night? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's going to really depend on Alexander Volkov and where he decides to take the fight. Is he going to rely on his size, his length advantage, the height advantage, and try and outbox and outkickbox a biggie boy, which I think is a very dangerous proposition? Or is he going to try and utilize the game plan that has been effective into getting victories over Rosenstruck, and that is takedowns? Curtis Blades showcased that, and I am by no means comparing Alexander Volkov and Curtis Blades as heavyweights, as wrestlers, because Curtis Blades is probably the best wrestler we currently have on the roster in the heavyweight division. But Alexander Volkov does have the ability to take fights to the ground and grapple if he wants to. And Jazirino Rosenstruck has never evolved as a wrestler or a grappler. And it doesn't really matter because the dude just knocks people out. 12 wins, 11 of them by knockout. And his background is in kickboxing. So I think that the safer path to victory for Volkov is going to be taking the fight to the ground. But I think Jairzinho Rosenstruck is going to be prepared for that. And I also think that Volkov is going to want to showcase his skill set on the feet. And I don't like it. So I told you two weeks ago, or I told you last week, that Rosenstruck should be very much looked at as a, a bet because he's the betting underdog, and I believe he still is at plus 135. And because this fight is going to be contested on the feet, and because Jairzinho Rosenstruck carries his power from what round one all the way to round five. And I alluded to this a couple of weeks back on the unnamed MMA podcast. Go and watch his fight against Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem was winning that fight for 14 minutes and 50 seconds of that fight, outstriking him from pillar to post, round to round. And then in the final 10 seconds, Jairzinho Rosenstrike let off one bomb. It split the lip open of Alistair Overeem, and he knocked him out. And we've seen Alexander Volkov get finished with about 15 seconds remaining in a fight against Derek Lewis that he was winning for three rounds. So Jairzinho Rosenstruck is going to be my recommendation because I believe this fight is going to be majority of the time contested on the feet. And Rosenstruck has the advantage because of his power and the variety of strikes and the favorable matchup he has with Volkov. 
Well, what's interesting, you mentioned that you going with Rosenstruck, right? And then the the method of victory, Rosenstruck by knockout or TKO. So if you look at the odds, Volkov is a minus 175 favorite, or 160 favorite, 175 in some places. And then Jarzinho is plus 135 pretty much everywhere. So if you're if you're looking at uh, just straight up money line winning, plus 135 for Rosenstruck. But if you look at the method of victory here, the odds makers believe that if it ends, it's going to be because Rosenstruck knocks out Volkov. That's at plus 200, whereas Volkov by knockout is at plus 230. So they're giving more of a favoritism to Rosenstruck knocking out Volkov, and that those are the two shortest odds for method of victory, because if you go to Volkov by points, that's up to plus 275. Rosenstruck by points is 7-1, to one, and then submissions are just out of control. It's like 14-1 to one and like 35-1 to one for Rosenstruck. So, oh, so that that's would, not... That would be crazy if Rosenstruck <laughs> submitted Drago, absolutely nuts. No way, that so, does not happen. Don't play. So Vegas believes that if this fight doesn't go the distance, it's going to be because Rosenstruck knocks out Volkov, but the the money line play has Volkov as the heavy favorite in this one at minus 175 or 160. Yeah, I mean, because I think, again, it's going to be the combination of just Volkov avoiding danger you know, avoiding danger enough and then utilizing some of those takedowns where it's going to cause some issues for Rosenstruck and his ability to get to the feet. His last two losses, that being for Jairzinho Rosenstruck against Curtis Blades and then against Cyril Gan, those were fights where both of those fighters took the fight to the ground and made sure it was not majority of the time a fight where they were standing. But in the victories over his last two, or actually his last three, Overeem, Dos Santos, and Augusto Sakai, Jairzinho Rosenstruck kept the fight on the feet and knocked all those guys out. And if you want to look actually for pattern, uh, it, it, rotating wins and losses for Jarzinho Rosenstrike over his last now five fights or six fights, if you will. So he's due for a win because he just came, he just came off of a loss to Curtis Blades. So in the main event, we're going with Biggie Boy at plus one thirty-five for the co-main event. Evloev by points at minus one fifty, and of course throw him in as a money line winner at minus four hundred in any parlay you've got going. And then Kovalkevich as plus one hundred five. The dogs are barking. Anything in the prelims, early prelims coming in here uh, this week for UFC Fight Night? What do you see in those? Yeah, Kareem Silva and uh, Pauliana Botelho is uh, a fight that I'm looking at. Kareem Silva is making her UFC debut. She's on a five-fight win streak. She's a very physically gifted wrestler. Uh, Patelho has, has struggled over her last couple of fights. She's lost two in a row. Uh, she also is extremely physically gifted, but she's been dominated and out-wrestled a lot of the time. That's what Silva's going to do. Here's your special prop of the night. Five-to-one odds on Silva to win that fight via submission. So I'm likely going to play that because I think Silva could utilize you know, her physical gifts and, and take the fight to the ground. Obviously, it's a huge risk because, you know, Silva is making her UFC debut. So there's not a lot of, uh, I, I guess, you know, known uh, knowledge about the, the, you know, the credibility of some of her opponents outside of the UFC. But I'm still going to play that fight with Silva to win via submission. And then also Alonzo Minifield and uh, Mosharov. Mosharov, also a guy making his debut I have heard a lot about his 22 finishes on his record. He has 25 wins, 22 finishes. The level of competition, not great. But the game plan for Mosharov is is run at you and try and knock you out. Alonzo Midfield kind of fights the same way. So the under at one and a half, one of those dudes is getting knocked out. Minifield and Mosharov also on the prelims. 
All right. I got to get these in before I get on a plane because I don't think the FanDuel Sportsbook app works uh, in Norway. I mean, there's I not going to be they... like 15 guys like taking bets when you get off the plane in Norway. I think I that's like... how it works over there. I feel like in Europe, there's just betting like everywhere, kiosks. Everywhere, right? Everywhere, exactly. everywhere. Like they hand you your hotel key and like, you know, like a phone. A few slips. Here's your bets you made on the way and here's your room key, sir. We'll see you in a few hours. Right. Uh, so that is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. Make sure you go to Fat Jack Sports to get all of his picks. The NBA finals are going on. The Stanley Cup Conference finals having happening right now. Of course, you've got all the Major League Baseball action as well as Jordan's full UFC card, which hopefully he can send to me in the next few hours because I'm going to get oh, on a plane man, and be able to make these that. bets. I have to get no it, pressure. I have to get no pressure. Sure. Can I do it over the WhatsApp? Don't we do that? Oh we, yeah, you can absolutely do it over WhatsApp. So why can't sure. we do that? For sure. Yeah, you can. Why sure. you have to put? Absolutely. Why you have to put like unreal Listen, pressure on me right now? I I'm not prepared. Gave, I, we gave out the picks. I got the picks right here. The people have the main picks here. So we're it's the extra stuff. You know, the stuff on the side, the parlays, all that kind of stuff that you get if you go to FatJackSports.com from Jordan. Also, of course, if he wins, tweet him at. Wood on 1063. If he loses, leave him alone. He's with his family this weekend. Come on, let him be a family man. I'm doing a music video for God's Yeah, leave him alone. Leave me alone. Family, for God's sake. Oh, God. I'm Adam Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We will be back next week with another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast.